0: It's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Arriba. Woo. Come on, Jesus. Give me grace. Amen. If you weren't here Friday night, that wrecked me. I don't even know where to start. Um, The past couple of... Uh, sermons that I've been preaching about is all faith. Somebody say with me, faith. Amen. I like the word of God that said, faith is now. Uh, the way Dr. Nick Castellano said it, he said, faith is not tomorrow, faith is not coming, faith is now. Now. Another thing he said that really impacted me was we build our own reality based on what we believe. What you believe shapes what you see. And it also establishes where you go. So if you believe that you are not enough, and that's your truth, that's your reality. You see, I cannot convince you to believe in something for yourself. I could only give you what the Word of God says, and it's up to you to believe. That's the the amazing thing about free will that God has given us. He's given us the free will to believe, to actually receive and believe and the amazing thing about faith is that it requires you to measure it to extend it to go forth you see i love paul because he says that without faith it is impossible to please god but i love james also because he said faith without works is Dead. It means absolutely nothing. So we can talk about doing stuff. I love the prophetic movement because we have a lot of declarations and we talk about it. We, 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 we decree it. But there's, there, there's an underlining thing also the prophetic movement is moving from. And it's always expecting to see when we should be living in the moment now and seeing it. Amen. We're constantly expecting God to do something well how about this let's change our mindset and say God did it it's done I believe it today all right amen let's not look at uh uh something that that happens extraordinary as extraordinary I'm sorry but let's look at it as it's part of who we are amen another thing that 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 uh, Dr. Nick Castellano said. He said, why you call things miracles? You know, sometimes we're expecting God to do a miracle. Now, the word miracle isn't the word of God, that I believe. But it was also normal for Jesus to see miracles. But we somehow have made it an abnormal thing to see miracles. So we're like, oh, maybe God will do a miracle. No, it's not maybe. And just like Pastor Rifle said, is I will. He's able. He already said I will. So it's done. There, there, There is no reason for us to be going. Is this going to happen? Or is this going to happen? No. It's done. It will happen. I walk in this. I walk and I talk in this. Because I know that I know that I'm with God. My faith is able to see more than what I see right now. So if I'm. If I'm really looking at it, can you just raise it up just a little bit? If I'm really looking at it, I need to know where I'm going in order to pursue what I need to get to there. So, how do I get to this place? He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Amen. And last time I checked, shadows reflect off a light, and they always reflect, I believe, so if I'm in someone's shadow, I'm actually following. I'm not the one in front trying to tell God where to go. I'm the one following, and I'm following the shadow because I'm in his shadow, so I'm following him. So I need to know what God's dream is for me. Last time I preached, I preached about the vision that Ezekiel had And the dream that God has for us. And how impossible it was to see and build what God showed him. But yet God told him to declare it to the people of Israel. Even though he was a slave. See God is not. He's not bound by your circumstance. He's not bound by your social construct. God will touch you wherever you are and speak to you because his desire is to cover you with his righteousness and to reflect his goodness through you and so that you will fulfill his dream for you. That is God's perception all the time. So it doesn't matter if if you're in sin... God wants to bring you back. Sin just means that you're separated at the very moment in time because you have desired something different than God's dream for yourself. So now God wants to bring you back so you can have exceedingly abundantly above all you can pray or ask for. That is God's dream and fulfillment for you. So as I I break that down, today I'm going to be talking about persistence versus resistance persistence versus resistance so we got everything down yes we know God has great things for harvest renewal church we know that we want a bigger building a bigger a bigger vision we have we want to go into the nations we want to see pastors and we want to see apostles we want to see teachers we want to see prophets we want to see all of these good things come out of this place but how do we get there right so what I've noticed about Satan's Way of doing things is that he never changes. Number one, he never changes. He's trying to imitate God. God never changes. But God has so many things that we still don't know. And the devil still doesn't know. That even though he does something. It's, it looks like it's new. But to God it's not new. To us is new. But see, Satan, everything he does is the same. So he repeats in patterns. And every time you're about to see your breakthrough, distractions come. Things come around you that will try to take your focus off of where you're going. So, here's some of the things Satan uses. Offense, gossip, things that will destroy you, uh, financial problems. All of these things start happening. So he uses all of these different things to try to distract you, to make you confess, and to make you put a different reality in front of you than the one that God has already has prepared for you. So now you're focused on everything that's going on and so now there's resistance against you. Now, I've always realized that when there is resistance, it is because I'm on the right path. Somebody told me and said, "I didn't have all these problems when I wasn't a Christian." Well, welcome to the war. Problems are defined by your perception. I'll repeat that again. Problems and trials are defined by your perception. How you see the problem and how you work through the problem is going to define whether or not you make it to where you need to make it to. You see, you got to understand that if I'm looking at the problem face on down here, then the problem looks bigger than me, looks like it will overwhelm me, looks like it will never move. But if I go up into the high place, then I can see that the problem is smaller and I can see what's beyond the problem, and I can see that the problem was only set there only to stop me, to try to stop me from going to where I need to go. Change your perception. Change your viewpoint, and you'll be able to move to where you need to move to. You know, I was watching the 2018 Winter Olympics yesterday, and as I was watching it, I saw all of these athletes who overcame injury. Athlete after athlete saying they broke I don't know how many bones. If I broke that many bones, I would never get on skis again. One guy was hospitalized for a month broke his spleen, broke his legs, but yet yesterday he was snowboarding and doing tricks. So something came to me. The resilience and the focus that they have for their sport causes their body to heal and to come back to the place that they know and dream of having. And that is an Olympic gold medal. So six months ago, he was laying in the hospital in a hospital bed, broken. But his 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 dream and his focus is to get back on that snowboard. So within that month, those months' time, what should have what the doctors say that he couldn't do, now he's doing again because he has a dream and a focus, and he's focused and his resilience it builds his determination. So now. He pushes forward and they are doing what they're called to do. Isn't that something that the very thing, the injury that should take you out is the very thing that pushes you to go to the next level. It's the very thing. It's the things around you. The resistance actually is not there to stop you. It's there to make you stronger. You know, I was talking to a bodybuilder. I'm far from it. (laughs) (laughs) Pastor Doug, his dream, that's his reality. (laughs) (laughs) And if you talk to any bodybuilder, they will tell you that it is the most amount of resistance that builds your muscle. You see, it's not about how much is again, it's about how much is against you and how much you can pull up and resist. You see, if your body is building, the resistance is not there to stop you, it's there to make you stronger. It's how you lift it, it's how you put it and position it to your body, and it's how you do it, how you have this mental focus to continue putting resistance against it, and that's how you build. The muscle. You see, you have to change your mindset. Because the definition of persistence means, listen to this, a firm or obstinate continuance in a course of action in spite of difficulty or opposition. So it doesn't matter what opposition comes up. It doesn't matter. All all of those are distractions. But they're there. To make you stronger. Here's something. That I want us to understand. As we look at this story. In 2nd Kings chapter 2. So 2nd Kings chapter 2. Verse 1. Oh wow. Small letters. Magnifying glass. Amen. Amen. Persist to see that, people. You can only see that by faith. So if you're not in the spirit, you can't see that. 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 1. Now, when the Lord was about to take Elijah to heaven in a great wind, Elijah went with Elijah from Gilgal. And Elijah said to Elisha, come no farther, for the Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, as the Lord is living and as your soul is living, I will not be parted from you. And so they went down to Bethel. And at at Bethel, the sons of the prophets came out to Elijah and said, distractions, distractions. Has it been made clear to you that the Lord is going to take away your master from over you today? And he said, yes, I have knowledge of it. Say no more. I'll put that in the Manuel translation. Shut up. (laughs) Sometimes you have to stop demonic chatter, even if it's coming from people who call themselves prophets. Because even though they know something. They are distracting you from what you need to do. Understand this. This is what it said. Then Elijah said to him, come no farther, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, as the Lord is living and as your soul is living, I will not be parted from you. So they went on to Jericho. And at Jericho, the sons of the prophets came to Elijah and said to him again. Now, why are they following Elijah and just keep telling him the same thing over and over again? It's a distraction. You see, the religious spirit will continue to tell you where you're at. The religious spirit will always talk to you about what happened and where you're at. But the religious spirit will never tell you where you're going. Don't judge you by where you were and where you're at and try to tell you where you're going. But they never have a pulse on actuality about the here and now, about what's about to happen. You see, I understood something in in religiosity. Is that they always tend to look at things in the past and try to measure God and measure people by it. So their measuring stick is actually going backwards. But God is a forward-moving God. He made everything to move forward. When was the last time you saw a bird flying backwards? (laughs) There's a reason why there's a momentum in forwardness. It's because God, there's a reason why God didn't put your eyes on the back of your head, even though we tell our kids we have it. There's a reason why God set everything in front of you, your mouth, to declare. Your eyes to see. There's a forwardness, a motion that happens. God wants you to move forward. There's a reason why your legs move forward. The inability to move is a word in the dictionary called paralyzed stuck the inability to move forward the inability to move from where you're at you see every time we see the prophets coming and showing up to Elisha they're trying to stop him from moving where he's at right now listen to this so he said yes I have knowledge of it say no more Then Elijah said to him, come no farther, for the Lord has sent to me to Jordan. And he said, as the Lord is living, as your soul is living, I will not be parted from you. So they went on together. And 50 men of the sons of prophets went out and took their places, facing them a long way off, while the two of them were at the edge of the Jordan. Sometimes you have to leave some people a long way off. Now, these were sons of the prophets. They had the same prophetic anointing. They had the same, but they were not in the moment that Elisha was. Elisha knew that if he pressed on, something was going to happen. He knew that there was something about pressing through. There was something about pressing through. Now, he understood the magnitude and the power Of what was about to happen. He didn't know what was going to happen per se. But he had faith enough to know that something was going to happen. You see, we can have faith enough to know something is going to happen. But do we have the faith enough to push through to see it happen? So let's go back to the biography of Elisha. Who is Elisha? Why is he chosen? First and foremost, we have to look at Elijah's life. Elijah got scared. Somebody say with me, scared. That's a southern word. It's not scared, it's scared. So in 1 Kings 18, we see Elijah, Elijah was, was uh, threatened by Jezebel and Jezebel said, I'm going to cut your head off. And Elijah was powerful. I mean, he he called down fire from heaven. He had all of these great exploits. The anointing was on him. He, He stopped the heavens from raining for three and a half years. He released the heavens so it could rain again. He was just so anointed. One word shaped his reality. And that word was. I'm going to kill you and cut your head off. So he was distracted by a declaration. And therefore, it took him and detoured him off the original path that God had for him. Now he went to a brook and sat there and he waited. And ravens came, see, God is so grateful. Ravens came down and fed them, but then the brook dried up. Then he went to a widow, did a miracle, did some amazing things. But then you find him in a cave, hiding out. You know, we can seclude ourselves sometimes to the point where we're not talking to people or engaging. In the next thing you see, I've, I've come to understand that it is actually in relationships that we actually will see our dream come true. God built us to be in relationship. So when you see it's always another person, if you look at the Bible, it's always another person that talks about the other person and leads them to their promotion. And most of them are unknown. If you look at the story of Joseph, it was the unknown person, the wine tester who whispered in Pharaoh's ear and told him of Joseph. So there's always a person who will connect you to your destiny. That's why you must be in relationship. That's why you must be able to affect another person's life. That's why you must be able to be selfless and be able to pour out yourself into another person because you never know where another person will lead you and how they will lead you to that. You see, Elijah has secluded himself from people to the point where he's telling God, I'm the only one. I'm so anointed. Nobody gets along with me. You see, Jezebel, she wants to kill me. She's killed all the other prophets. And God was like, hey, wake up call. I have 7,000 more down there. None of them have bowed down to the knee. And guess what? There's there's three of them I want you to anoint. And one's going to take your place because you're wasting my time. So when he finds Elisha, he comes down, God says, Elisha. And God God says, this is the one that you're going to anoint to take your place. He finds Elisha. He finds Elisha working. Why? Why? Because there was three and a half years of famine. Now he calls down the rain. And so what is Elisha doing? A farmer is preparing his soil. So he's plowing down this, this ground that was so hard for three and a half years. And now rain has come upon it. Now he's getting prepared for the harvest. And he's like, oh man, this stuff is good. Oh, well, he finds Elisha preparing for the harvest. How many are here are preparing for the harvest, breaking down the soil and saying, you know what, God, I believe that it's raining right now. It is the latter rain. We're going to receive and believe for this. We know that we only have a couple of folks here, but we're believing God for a national anointing and international anointing. Something is about to break through and I'm putting the plow to the ground and making sure I'm ready for it. When he finds Elisha, he finds him working, doing. So, anytime you see a lot of people have asked me, say, What? I want to get a ministry. I want to do this. What are you doing right now? Because if you're waiting on God to promote you and you don't have your hand to the plow, then you're in vain doing what you're doing. You have an expectation. Or deferred hope, I would call it, for nothing. Because God wants you to put your hand to the plow now. Put your hand to the plow now. Say, well, I, I don't have an ordination. You don't need an ordination to lead somebody to Christ in your job now. You don't need to be placed uh, on the pulpit in order to preach to somebody out in the streets now. What you need is to know who you are and to walk in that identity. So, Elijah's walking. I'm going to use him. Come here. He looks like an Elijah. Stand up. So, go ahead. He's going to be walking, plowing. There you, there you go. There you go. Don't plow too fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep going. Keep going. So, this is what Elijah does to Elijah. This is all he does. He just covers him with a mantle. (laughs) And he keeps walking. Stop. Elisha recognizes something just happened. First of all, I believe that Elisha knows the prophetic. Because God would not choose someone who is ignorant to what he's doing. So when God chooses him. He might be ignorant to man because he might just be a farmer in your eyes. But in God's eyes, he's a replacement. In God's eyes, he's anointed. So when Elijah comes, he covers him and walks. Immediately, Elisha says, I know what this is. And so he responds this way. Let me go to my parents and say bye. Because he knows that this is an immediate calling. Follow me. He knows that this is an immediate now moment. So he goes, can I go and say goodbye to my parents? And Elijah looks at him and says, I I don't have no time for no parents right now. I got to go. Now you either rolling with me or you're going to say body of pay. He said, Oh, oh, I see the whole necessity of this. He takes the twelve cows and oxen that he's using and he kills them all. And he uses the whole thing to make a sacrifice to God. And he says, I'm sacrificed. You see, you cannot get anywhere if you're not putting your hands to the plow and if you're not willing to sacrifice. See, there's more than just plowing; It's an able, an ability to release. To release what you have in your hands and to say, God, it belongs to you, not to me. It belongs to you, not to me. You see, many people want to see uh, greatness and prosperity and, and finances and all that. But they haven't yet learned to release what God has given them now into their hands. So you understand the releasing. And in that instant, Elisha receives a calling and he receives his first mantle. Say with me, first mantle. This mantle, I believe, identifies who Elisha is. Come on, walk with me. This mantle is telling Elisha and telling everyone in Israel, this guy right here is my protege. His dedication and loyalty to leadership marks his anointing. Everywhere that Elijah Elijah goes, Elijah goes. Everywhere Elijah goes. Follow me. Everywhere Elijah goes. Elijah would turn around. Elisha's right there. To the point, I believe, that every person in Israel knew. That's Elijah. And that's Elisha. So in this very moment, in 2 Kings 2. When he's about to be released. He knows something is about to happen. You see, it's not about only knowing something's about to happen. It's about also being determined to see it come to pass. See, your expectation will fuel your determination. Your expectation will fuel your determination. Faith is the substance of things hoped For the evidence of things not seen. My hope will push forward to see the evidence of things not seen. But I already have to have evidence. You see, the first mantle is called authority. Say with me authority. authority. Authority is good, but authority without power is nothing. If you see a Richmond police officer with his uniform and no gun, he has the power or the authority to say stop. But he doesn't have the power to say freeze. Because he has no pistol. You see, he has to go through some classes in order to get the pistol because the pistol is something that requires a very good ability and intelligence in order for you to know what's right and wrong. And to know exactly where you're shooting. So the power is not given to him yet. But the authority is. Say with me authority. Authority. You see. This is something we have to recognize. That the Old Testament is a reflection of what God does in the New Testament. But you see Jesus has given us not only authority. But he's given us power. If you believe that you have authority, why can't you believe that you have power? You see, if the disciples, when Jesus releases them while he's on earth, he releases them with authority. He says, I give you the authority. And then he tells them, I give you the power. You see, but they acted on authority. They said, oh, you should have seen the demons coming out in your name. But then when they brought a sick, demonic child to them, they couldn't cast it out. And Jesus said, Oh ye of little faith, don't you believe that I gave you authority and I gave you power? Understand this. That this is the very essence of why you see Elisha pushing to see more. Because Elisha cannot stay stuck with this mantle. Because he knows there's more. He knows there's more. I'm going to repeat that again. He knows there's more. How many know that there's more? How many know that there's more? So listen to this. Listen to this. You need to be spiritually aware. And I wrote this. And get alongside people who are tied to your destiny. Get alongside promoters and not demoters. People who enhance your dreams and not kill it. People who see you greater than and not lesser. You see, Elisha was surrounded by 50 prophets who didn't see the greatness. In Elisha. They only saw. What was about to happen. And didn't see. What was about to happen to Elisha. Listen to this. The first level that we. Is going from where? From Gilgal. Say with me Gilgal. Gilgal means rolling away. It's the first stop. When Jacob. Jacob. I mean, when Joshua and Caleb cross over the Jordan, they stop in Gilgal. And God says, this is the place where I will roll away your slavery. I will roll away your slavery. You know, something interesting I saw one time on National Geographic was the way that they take and roll off of the camel the burden that the camel's carrying. They hit the back of the camel's knees with some kind of stick, and the camel slowly gets down to his knees. And once the camel's on his knees, then they roll whatever it is on his back off. That ought to preach. Could it be that some of these things that are happening around you is just God just trying to get you to your knees to roll off the worry, the fear, the anxiety, and the things you keep carrying that belong to him and not to you? You see, the rolling away is where God says, you don't need to carry this. I got this. Come to me, all you who are heavy laden and burdened, and I will give you rest. He said, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's easy if you're walking in peace. It's easy if you don't have anxiety and fear and you're not letting fear come and interrupt what you're doing. So the rolling away, say with me, Gilgal, rolling away. But after he rolls away, something else needs to happen. So he says, I'm going to Bethel. He says, I'm going with it. And actually, see, we need not to be ignorant and think that Elijah does not know what's going on. We need to look at this as a challenge and an exam for Elisha. Not as Elijah telling Elisha to stay. This is an exam to see how persistent Elisha is to see his breakthrough. So he says, I'm going to Bethel. And Bethel actually means house of God. It is where Jacob gets his dream where the ladder comes down. And he sees God at the top. He sees the angels ascending and descending. He sees a picture of the kingdom of God, and this place is called Bethel. Bethel is the house of God. Bethel is where you encounter the supernatural of God, where you encounter the kingdom of God. And you say, yes, I understand the kingdom, and I have the precept of what the kingdom is, and I know that the kingdom is all for me, and I have the kingdom of God in me. I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. Bethel. But see, when he says, stay here in Bethel, he says, no, I know there's something more for me. He said, let's go to Jericho. Now, Jericho is amazing because it marks the spot where there was a great wall, but it fell. It marks the spot of victory. It marks the spot of where you thought the impossible, hallelujah, will be impossible to you. But God said, to man it is impossible, but for me all things are possible. It is the place where impossibility meets possibility. Come on now, you ought to give God a strong hand clap for that. Listen. Listen, Jericho is not only the place where your impossibility becomes possible, but it is the place where every wall that has stopped you comes down. Walls of denominationalism, walls of religiosity, walls of worry, walls of fret, walls of offense will come down. But they come down only one way. And the only way that God showed them that they come down was there was a blowing of the shofars and there was a scream and a shout that went unto God. And some of you today, sometimes you're at a very point in your life where you feel as though I'm at Jericho and you need to just scream out and scream out to God. The Bible says, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Don't scream out to God with a voice of worry, with a voice of I can't do it, with a voice of why I'm here. You scream unto God and say, I have victory. If you stay at your place of just encountering and not see victory, then God is like, I can't show this guy who I really am because I'm victorious. The Bible says, and I saw the Lord and his train filled the temple. If you know anything about trains, kings used to wear the trains. And the longer the train was, was the more victories they had. David had a long train because every time he had a victory, they would add on to his train. And his train filled the temple. When his train filled the temple, it's because God is victorious. Every war that he has fought, he's won. And God knows that we are in warfare right now. And we are victorious. See, if you let the chatter take you out, and distract you, you will stay stuck and not see victory in Jericho. But the minute that they move from Jericho. There's one place that Elijah says, I'm going down to Jordan. I love the Jordan. I'm hoping one day to go to Israel and just soak in the Jordan. The Jordan is in the Hebrew is Yardin, which means descend. See, Jesus needed to descend. And then ascend. You see, sometimes. We want to be up here. In ministry, but yet we have not tasted down here yet. You see, you got to humble yourself in order for God to exalt you. You have to descend in order to ascend. There's nowhere in the Bible where a man of God did not humble himself before the Lord. And let it go. When your intellect and your own mentality and perception has caused you to think that you are higher And you failed. But your Jordan is the place of descending. It is the place that marks every ministry in the Bible. When you see Joshua and Caleb, they have to meet and say, we're going to go to the Jordan. The Jordan is the crossing point to go into the next dimension. The Jordan is the crossing point. When David met his mighty men, he met them at the Jordan. I need this to get through you. And when Jesus, hallelujah, first entered ministry, he entered through the Jordan. He had to fulfill all righteousness. So when he goes down to the Jordan, there's a reason why John the Baptist is there. Is because he's fulfilling righteousness and walking through the same area and saying, you know what? I'm going to walk in, descend, and then I'm going to come back and ascend. Your mentality must be to push forward. The Jordan is not where you stop, it's where you cross. It is not where it ends, it's where it begins. Where you thought was your ending is actually your beginning. Where you thought you couldn't no more is actually where God says, Now I can. This is the place of reckoning. This is the place where you say, I'm going over and I'm going to push through. And at this very place is where you see the people go far off. Because now they know you're not playing games. Now they know you're pushing with persistence. Now they know, now the devil knows that there's nothing in hell that can come up against you. Now they know that if they try to touch you, it's going to be too late. Because you're at the precipice. You're at the very edge of the anointing and the very thing, the destiny that God has placed for you. Where are you in this story? Where have you laid your head? Where have you dwelt for the past I don't know how many years? Find yourself in this story and say, where am I here? Am I pushing through Bethel? Am I pushing through Gilgal? Am I pushing through Jordan? Am I pushing through Jericho? Where am I? And here at the Jordan is where Elijah says, okay, you passed the test. What is it you want? <laughs> yeah. It's when you push hard enough is where the place, where actual, the actuality of things come in. And Papa says, you know what? <laughs> I like your persistence. I like the way you're resilient. I like the way you're pushing forward. You're acting like me now. What do you want? And at that very moment in time, Elisha is not looking to try to get rich. He says to Elijah, I want more than what you have. (laughs) In the Bible, in basic English, he says, I want a special measure of what you have. I don't only want what you have. I want. In the King James Version, it says a double portion. In Nigeria, they say double, double low. What do you want for God to do? When he crosses over, listen to this, Elijah takes off his mantle and parts the Jordan. He crashes it on the water to say that it is the anointing, it is your faith, it is the power, it is your destiny to walk over and cross into the thing that God has had for you. This is not time to sit around and to act like God should be doing everything. This is time to be co-laboring with Jesus. This is the time to follow Jesus across and say, we're here, we're now, let's do it, let's walk in, let's receive it. I don't care if it costs 2.8 million or 3.5 million, let's walk into it because it is not ours, it is yours. It's in your hands. You're the one who's releasing it. You're the one who's breaking through. You're the one who's making it away. You're the one who's leading. You're the one who's doing it. It's in your hands. And guess what? When they cross over, Elijah tells them and says, if you see me leave, you'll get this. At one point, he says, man, this is a hard request, bro. I thought you were going to, like, ask me, like, you know. know get my house or something I left that for you but man this is this is tough because you see what I you see why it was tough because what he had was not from him and the only one who can give Elijah a double portion or a special measure was God so he says if you see me leave let it be done unto you he declared over him and he Put his reality in front of him. If you see me leave. Remember the disciples? What did they see Jesus do? But they wanted to stay looking at Jesus and the angels had to come back down and say, hey, get out of here. (laughs) Go back to Jerusalem. (laughs) Right? Some of us prophetic folk like to stay looking at, oh, look at the ascension. Oh, it's amazing. I said, move. Why? Because there's a power coming. There's an anointing coming. There's an empowerment coming. Why? Why was he saying that? The Holy Spirit was coming. And so, right now, Holy Spirit is not coming. He's here. Oh. Announcement He's here. You're not waiting for something to fall down, you have it. You're actually, you're. Oh my God! Can I break this down? Okay, I, I got a couple of minutes. I got a couple of minutes. Please give me a couple of minutes, please. I know. I know. People look at it's twelve o'clock. It's time. You know, some of us have a, a, a alarm already set in our own bodies. It's lunchtime. We get zombified, you know. Some of us are already pre. Okay. <laughs> Let me break this down. Okay. Second Corinthians ten, three to seven. It says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So I looked up strongholds. It comes from the Greek word okuroma, which means okay, listen to this a stronghold, a fortress, okay, of anything that which one relies They rely on arguments, reasonings. They fortify their own opinion and defend against any other opponent. So anything that I preach, you will defend against it. And you say, no, that's not what God says because I'm putting up my own stronghold. It's not what the word. That's not what I say. You know why? Because you've read everything according to your own perception. Which comes from the next word. Okay. Which says pulling down all imaginations. 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 It's funny, that comes from the word "nuema," <laughs> which means a mental perception. And you know what perception is? It's whatever you whatever you've built around yourself. Whatever you've been trained to think like. So you sit in a good a good sermon, you say, oh, that's a good sermon. Well, give me five minutes of what I say. Oh, um, I think you talked about Jesus' sandals. No. <laughs> it is known to a human mentality, the human mind, to only receive five minutes of an hour preaching. So those five minutes, what did you get? You've built a perception. You've built a stronghold. And that is how you've built your own reality. But you see, I'm sorry, Elisha, you got tired? (laughs) Elisha does not get tired. Get up, (laughs) Elisha! Listen, 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 Elisha. It is not, listen, it is not. A chariot of fire that takes Elijah. It is a chariot of fire that separates Elijah from Elijah. That takes Elisha away from his dependency on man. And says, only fire can take your dependency away from the government, away from man. You see, you only fight in perceptions of political stuff because you're dependent on man and government. But if you fight in the perception of the heavenly realm, it's not about man and government. It's all about Jesus. Come on. Some people woke up with that one, Pastor, because they were like. But when the whirlwind comes and takes Elijah, something falls, not from Elijah, but from heaven. There's, you ready? You, You play sports? Used to? Okay. So, you look up, and there's something falling. Catch it? Actually, no, don't catch it. Because Elisha wasn't a good football player like you. So it fell to the ground. Why does it fall to the ground? And why doesn't he catch it? Because he's got to be the one to pick it up. See, because if things came to you easy, then you wouldn't know what it is to co labor with God. See, it's not about striving. We're in perfect love, we don't need to strive. But we need to take action in order to move with God. See, God only says, he says, take the step. You go, take the step. Okay. Move this way. Move this way. Today we were like, if you move to the left, some people were going left and right. I said, the other left. All right. Why? If God's asking you to do something, it's for a reason. See, Jesus didn't need to ask the man to pick up his bed and go home. Why is he giving him an action to do if all he needs to do is heal him? If it was as easy as just healing him. No, he wants the man to change his perception. He wants you to change your reality. He wants you to go pick it up, pick it up and say, it's mine. Why? I took the action to take it. I took the action to put it in my hands. I took the action now. Now I can cross back over. And as soon as I cross back over, the God that was with Elijah is the same God that's with me. And I say, where is the God of Elijah? And there he is. Where is the God of Reinhard Bonnke? Where is the God of... These great men of God that we worship and we say, where is the God of Todd White and all of these people? The God is right here. His name is Yahweh, the Almighty Jesus, right here, right now. He is here. Stand to your feet. What's the first thing that Elisha does when he crosses over? He crosses over and he finds The distractors on the other side. And there they are sitting and they say. Something's different about that guy. Who's that? That looks like Elijah. Right. Because when you counter and come and pick up your own destiny. And find your own identity in Christ. Now they're looking and say, is that our time? He looks like Jesus. You look a little bit like Jesus, by <laughs> the
1: way.
0: <laughs> it's not the same guy. It's not the same guy. Why? Because he pushed and persisted to see his breakthrough. And now he's coming out with a different mantle. Something different. It always belonged to him. He just needed to pick it up. It always belonged to him. He just needed to press through to see it. You see, greatness always belonged to harvest. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Different ministries all around the world always belonged to harvest. Bigger buildings always belonged to harvest. More people always belong to harvest. Will you say, miracles, signs, and wonders always belong to harvest. Always belong to harvest. Now, will you say, it's mine. Will you pick it up today and actually say, as a corporate house, it is ours. We are not going to be distracted by man's perception. Well, pastor, how are we going to do this? Pastor, see, we don't have the money or the finance. We don't have the people, the stuff. I don't know. We're waiting for people to line up all the way around. It ain't going to happen like that. It happens with you pushing through with what God already has said. Because it's not by sight. It is by faith. Abraham hoped. Against hope. He put his cards on the table and said, it's all you. I'm just in it for the ride. I'm in it for the ride. I'm waiting. And see, and he says, you know what? I'm not just going to wait. I'm going to walk everywhere you ask me to walk to. And everywhere he put his foot, God would say, this ain't going to happen for you. It's going to happen for your kids, 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 kids. And he said, huh? Yes. This is not for you. This is for the breakthrough. This is for Jesus. It's not for your seeds. It's for your seed. It's for Jesus. Everything I'm doing, Abraham, is for Jesus. Everything you're doing, Abraham is for Jesus (laughs) and Abraham rejoiced when he saw my day that's what Jesus said change your perception change your focus don't get distracted push to see the mantle because it's yours it belongs to you it's there and all you need to do is pick it up you see, it takes a responsibility, not a responsibility of, oh, I have to now do this. No, no. This is a responsibility. See, your mind once again starts playing tricks on you and telling you, I have to do, I have to do. It's not about you doing. It's about what it's already done and how you believe in what's already done. And your perception will change. And now you say, oh, that's easy. That, that, that's easy. That's easy. That's easy. That can be done. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. I don't know if this message touched you or you're just saying, wow, this is something that I, I enjoyed it this morning, amen, but that wasn't for me. That's okay. But I want two things out of this message to impact you, and it's one, where are you now? To where are you going? Amen. Amen. Let's let us pray. Give a hand clap to Elisha here. That's it. As we lead out in prayer, I always like these corporate prayers. I, I don't, unless God gives us something, and I know we have prophetic teams here. We have the prayer team. I want to call them up front, too. But I want you to not just seek out an individual prophecy for yourself. today. I want you to pick up a mantle. I want you to take steps forward over here and say, I don't care where you are in life right now. You might be in Gilgal, and you're still struggling with things that need to be released from your life, and God will work with you. You might be in Bethel, and you just gave your life to Christ, and you're getting to know this beautiful thing about Jesus Christ. And you might be there, but God still wants you. Amen? So it doesn't matter which place you are in, in any of those places we talked about, where today I want you to come and pick up your mantle. I want you to, to take a physical action. You see, sometimes in your mind, your perception, it requires you to take a physical action in order for you to really get it in the spirit. It took God to pull Abraham out of his tent and look up at the stars, and he said, you see those stars? He said, yeah, that's the way your seed will be sometimes it's a physical visual that allows you to really connect with the spiritual realm so i'm going to ask today and you say you say in your spirit you say i don't know if i want to walk up front but if you want to walk up front today walk right up here and say today i'm going to walk past all distractions i'm going to walk past any any chatter demonic chatter I'm going to walk past any of the circumstances. I'm going to break through today, and I'm going to pick up my mantle. I'm going to pick up what belongs to me. I am not going to allow anything to stop what God has for me. I will not allow any perception. I'm pulling down the strongholds, and I'm pushing forward. I'm picking up what belongs to me. I'm walking through all of it. I am victorious. And I have what God says I have. (laughs) I know who I am. I know who Christ is. So today, as we come forward, and we do a physical act. Listen to me. I want you to just ask God, I say, change my perception. I, I want to change my perception on how I see things. I don't want to look at it through reasoning. And sometimes I do need to reason the scriptures, but I don't want to look at this in reasoning. Not with this. I just want to pick it up by faith. And I want to believe. And believe in my heart and receive what you have given me. I'm willing to humble myself. I'm willing to descend. And I'm willing to humble myself that you may exalt me. Lord, we thank you right now. We thank you right now, right now, right now. We thank you right now. There are mantles from heaven being, ha, huh, right in front of everyone. There are mantles from heaven, Lord, that've been waiting for them, <laughs> waiting on them. Huh. There are mantles that've been waiting on you. The mant- been waiting on you to just receive it, believe that you have it. Just been waiting for the activation, waiting for you to walk into your activation, waiting for you to believe your activation, waiting for you to say, It is mine, waiting for you to say, I pick it up, it is mine, I have it. Hey! go ahead let it, go, let, it go, let it all go 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 let God roll it off your back let God take it away every burden everything every worry every fear anxiety I speak peace in Jesus name Peace that surpasses all understanding. Peace, 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 peace. Love and joy. Hallelujah peace, love, and joy. Lord, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you for our expectation. Our expectation of more. Our expectation of more. Our expectation of more, Lord. Our expectation beyond. We thank you for dreaming again and letting our hearts and our dreams come to pass. We thank you, Lord, of oh God, that your dream for us, oh God, is bigger than what we can imagine. Lord, we thank you that our eyes are not your eyes. Our ways are not your ways. Our thoughts are not your thoughts, oh God, because they are bigger than our thoughts. We thank you, Lord, oh God, that we can dream with you, and that we're attached to you, and that we're in your kingdom. We thank you, Lord, oh God, that we are in victory. Constant victory, Lord. In victory, in victory, in victory, in victory, in victory. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that we will see, O God, everything that you have purposed and land for us we thank you Lord we decreed the victory before it even happens and we know God that you are victorious hallelujah you are victorious hallelujah you are victorious oh wow it's on Hallelujah!
1: You know, as much as there is an, we are a we are a people, right? And God moves in us individually, but He also moves upon us corporately. And there's there's an individual component that Manuel's ministering to you right now, but by the Spirit of God, I hear there is a corporate call. Will we pick up the mantle? Will we pick up the double portion? Will we walk in our identity as much as God is calling you and I to walk in our individual identity? Will we today decide to pick up the mantle that harvest is called to carry and wield in this city and beyond? Are we willing to set aside the naysayers and the 50 50 prophets that speak only to our past or our present, but do have no sight to who we are in the future? And who we're called to step into and be. And will we choose together corporately to pursue and persist into the manifestation of what God has already declared and decreed? It is time. It is time. (laughs) This is an hour for us to say yes. And it is a time for us to, be, to determine that we are going to say yes to God. And we are going to walk in the fullness of everything he says that we are.
0: Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Now listen, listen. The different phases that wherever you are. Right now, you just release to God in Gilgal. Just say, God, I release all my burdens to you right now. Every fear, every anxiety, let it leave your body in Jesus' name. I speak to your soul right now. Fear be gone right now. The woman in black right here. All fear be gone in Jesus' name. Be gone. Let it heal your soul. I just hear Jesus saying, I'm healing your soul from past wounds from things that happened in the past that have cut you really deep. God says, I'm healing you and I love you. And I'm healing you right now because I love you so much. So let, you, let his love just heal you. Just release it right now. God said just release, release, release all the past. Release it into his hands. Just have peace and joy in Jesus' name. I speak joy over your life. I speak peace. I speak love, perfect love that casts out all fear right now. Perfect love that casts out all fear. And, Father, I thank you. And you are releasing us from all those burdens right now in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for the Bethel experience. I thank you, Lord, oh God, that we are encountering Jesus. We are encountering your face. We are encountering, a oh God, who you are. And we are encountering, a oh God, your stairwell. And we don't stay at the bottom of the stairwell, but we climb up and we say, we are going close. Just like you called up John and said, come up here, come up now. You are calling us and saying, come up here. Come up now. Lord, I thank you, Lord, oh God, that we are having a Jericho experience. Every wall of defamation is coming down. Every wall that has spoken up against us, oh God, is coming down. Every wall of fear and anxiety is coming down. Oh Lord, every wall of religiosity is coming down. In Jesus' name. And we are screaming and we are victorious. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, oh God. And we are crossing the Jordan, and we are seeing the manifestation of your power and your glory and everything, oh God, within us, oh God, coming to pass, as you said. We thank you, Lord, for it. Just release it, release it, release it. Come on. Just go ahead. Pick up your mantle today. Go ahead. As they come around and prophesy to you, they come around and minister to you, God is releasing something new into you and your husband. There's something new, some things you've been praying about, some things you've been asking the Lord about. There's a leading, God is leading you to a certain specific thing, and I see this happening within the next couple of months. There's been a a decision you have to make, and God is saying that decision is based on what Holy Spirit is placing on your heart. And as you move into that, God is releasing more into your life, more into your family, more into who you are. Oh, And I see something, I see God moving you into something that might look like it's secular, but it's an undercover way of bringing Christ into the atmosphere. Hey! Jesus. Yeah. So God said, just roll with it, roll with it, roll with it, roll with it, because I'm bringing you into that place and i'm doing this on purpose because i want you to be my light and glory and bring it into that place says the lord i feel the strong anointing in this house release Father. we just release right now everything of god that he has dreamed of we thank you lord of god that there are dreams that look like they were dead but they're coming back to life, Lord. In His heart, in His spirit, Lord, let them come back to life, Lord of God. I just, I just thank you for ideas that come straight from heaven. Ideas that will revolutionize things. Ideas. I thank you, Lord of oh God, for ideas that will come to him that will revolutionize, oh God, even here in the earthly realm, in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Lord of oh God, for everything, oh God. It, it, his moving and promotion, Lord. I thank you, Lord of oh God, that he will move in promotion because you are the one who promotes you. It doesn't come from the east or the west. It comes from me, says the Lord. And I'm releasing over you a favor like never before because you are realizing who you are. You are realizing. And i and God says I'm releasing on you ideas new ideas God ideas heavenly ideas over your over everything that you're doing in Jesus name thank you lord